Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Old Testament reading, Isaiah chapter 25, where we read as follows. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. This is God's word. In the Bible, God does some pretty incredible things on mountains. It was on a mountain that God spoke to Moses from a burning bush and called him to go and lead his people out of captivity. It was on a mountain that God spoke to Moses again and gave his law to Israel, his holy commands that his people were to follow. It was on a mountain that God poured out fire on a sacrifice that had been drenched in water. And he did that for Elijah and destroyed the false prophets of Baal and showed his power over false gods. It was on a mountain that God transfigured Jesus and he appeared with Moses and Elijah as we've just mentioned them, those mountain characters. Jesus was transfigured in the presence of Peter and James and John, and his glory was revealed to them. And it was on a mountain, not so much a mountain, but we call it a mount, Calvary, that Jesus was hung on a cross to die for our sin. God makes his presence known, does his work often upon mountains all throughout Scripture. One mountain that's in Scripture that you might not be quite as acquainted with is the one that is referred to as Mount Zion. Zion was the name that was given to The hill in Jerusalem on top of which the temple was built. And all throughout the book of Isaiah, Isaiah makes reference and the Lord makes reference to Mount Zion. Now Zion refers to the city of Jerusalem and the temple where God dwells in the presence of his people. But in Isaiah, it also takes on a secondary meaning. Zion also refers to eternity, to heaven. Because you see, what God did there on Mount Zion in Jerusalem in that temple is what he promises to do with you and me for eternity. To dwell with us. 
to allow us to be in his presence. That could terrify some people. But what is it that we will do in eternity? Because Isaiah 25 is really a description of heaven. And here, it's described as a feast. A mountaintop feast. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. That part sounds great. Who doesn't love a good feast? But there's more to this heavenly banquet. He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. What is it that covers all nations, that can be said of all people? You know, there's a saying that the only things that are certain, that are true in this life, that can be counted on, are death and taxes. Well, here we are. Normally it would be getting close to tax day, but that's been pushed out a few weeks. But it is also Easter. And our Lord of hosts is the one who takes care of both our problems. I'm not talking about the IRS, but I am talking about our debt of sin. That, of course, is paid in full in the blood that Jesus Christ shed on Good Friday. But death, that other certainty, is also undone. That veil that covers all nations, that great equalizer, all of us succumb to death. All of us are under the weight of bodies that are corrupted and fallen. And yet that same veil that covers all of us, death, is swallowed up forever. Because thanks be to God, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He lives. His tomb is empty. He who once was dead, now lives again. And our risen, glorious King invites us to the feast. He invites us to the mountaintop. There is no tax that is owed because your debt is paid in full. In the words of Isaiah, your reproach, your shame, your guilt is taken away, paid in full. And there is no death. He, our Lord Jesus, is risen and because he lives, we shall live. St. Paul takes an entire lengthy chapter of 1 Corinthians to lay out for us the importance of the fact that Jesus is risen from the dead. He writes in our epistle for today, In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, 
the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. Jesus is risen, but he is the first fruits, the first of many, many others to be raised as well. He's talking about you and me, dear friends, and Jesus. He's talking about death being undone forever in a feast that we enjoy for all eternity. And I ask you this morning, is there any greater reason for us to feast than over this truth that death is undone? That death has been swallowed up in victory? Is there any greater reason for us to celebrate to rejoice and join in a feast. I don't know what you will feast on today, but we will feast together here this morning on our very risen Lord and King Jesus Christ himself. A feast for those over whom death no longer has power. A feast for those who though sin may put them into the grave, they cannot be kept there. A feast for the no longer dead. For he will swallow up death forever. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. Jesus approached Mary Magdalene outside the tomb and said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? He is the one who puts an end to weeping over death and grief. And so, it is fitting that we feast. We feast on his very body and blood. We feast with him for all eternity in the joy and celebration that death is undone. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.